0: Hi, Linda Phils here. Welcome to my show where I will be sharing with you the strangest secrets to spiritual and professional success and productivity. So let's get started. Welcome to the Linda Phils show here on the Charisma Podcast Network. Today I'm bringing you some content from the conference we hold each year called the Impact Conference. And this will be a continuation if you've been listening to the presentation made by Dean Briggs with some exciting Thoughts on Revelation. So you will learn what it is to think as a king or think as a son of God, and be reminded that we're all sons and daughters of God on assignment in our spheres of influence. Now, before you listen, I want to ask you if you would like to get in on notices about this conference every year because it's getting bigger and bigger and more exciting. And I'm going to give you a website now where you can go get on the list to get the updates, so you can. Join us next year in 2020 when we have our Impact Conference that will be celebrating the past to transform the future. And that website is this, 7, it's the number 7, pact dot O-R-G. Again, that's the number 7-PACT, P-A-C-T, P-A-C-T Dot .org sign up to get on the list for notices about Impact 2020 where you will be there in person with us as we have our fabulous speakers coming together to inspire you to transform your part of the world. But for now, let me remind you that we're here each week bringing you productivity tips, spiritual training, ways to grow as a spiritual professional and now let's just get started with the second installment of Dean Briggs Inspiring and mind blowing talk on Revelation. Here we go.
1: The Divine Council. Here we are, evidence in Scripture. Have you ever heard this phrase, the Divine Council? It's not just a king on a throne, the king's court is staffed with scholars, rabbis, uh, 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 lawyers, scribes, musicians, visiting diplomats. Attendants and courtiers of every kind, visitors from other nations, a king's court, and in fact the stature of a king's court is defined by how big it is. Why is this true for all of human history with every king that's ever had uh, a throne? Why is that the commonality for every king, emperor, and royal figure? It is precisely because this is true. There is a divine reality that manifests in the royal impulse. You can't be a king on earth without starting to think like a king. And there is no concept of a king outside of a reality beyond ours on earth, which imposes itself into our world. says, Daniel 7, it says, As I looked, that's a key you got to look. See, even just putting this up, I can see in some of your eyes, you're saying, I haven't actually seen that before. So as we look, we see the Ancient of Days taking his seat. Thousands and thousands served him. 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The court sat in judgment. The books were opened. This is Daniel's massive vision of The highest of all gods, Yahweh, sitting on a throne, and yet we're immediately challenged. And I want to try to move through some of this pretty quickly because, Lord have mercy, I got more than I can get through. So uh, I'm actually developing this into about a 10 to 15 hour series next year. So I'm just kind of skimming a little bit. There's way more verses and context I could give if you have questions. Uh, I will just advise you... Check deanbriggs.com sometime next year. Uh, the, the reality of this throne is in Revelation, we see. Well, I'm going to use this first before we move on. We're looking at the Ancient of Days on his throne, but there are many thrones present. Now, this should kind of strike us and challenge our traditional notions of, there is only one God, monotheism. Now, there is only one God. I'm monotheistic. I'm not challenging that. But the way we have boxed that in, I am challenging. Because what we essentially want to do with our understanding of God is say, there's only one throne. There's only one person there, and the court is essentially empty in our own minds because any other ordering somehow challenges the idea of his supremacy. I want to shift our thinking so that we realize reality confirms his supremacy precisely because it is attended, he is attended by so many other divine beings that if even one of them was to show up in this room, we would fall down on our face and try to worship that being. If one of the cherubim or seraphim descended right now into this room, don't think he's a little bigger, more handsome version of me with wings. That's not it at all. He's probably about three times the size of this room and about five stories tall. And if he hit the ground, the earth would shake. We would be overshadowed with just one of the... Wings with which he would unfurl. And we would all be terrified on the ground crying out for mercy. And that's the dude that falls down in front of God. That's the dude. That cherubim, that seraphim, those archangels. The thousands upon thousands, ten thousands. See, this is, this is a courtroom. The court sat in judgment. The books were opened. But Revelation, we read it. There's, there's other thrones. There's 24 elders. There's four living creatures. There's other crowns. So right off the bat, we have to understand that God really likes to delegate authority. That's the very idea of crowns and thrones. He is surrounded by a power structure that he is not intimidated by in the slightest. The fact that every other creature in the earth would try to worship one of those creatures doesn't move him in the slightest. He sits in perfect confidence while they fall down and worship him. So this is the nature of what it means to uh, glimpse the divine counsel. But you have to look. Job echoes this. There was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came among them. Satan's coming as a beggar in the throne of God. We have made not enough and too much of Satan. We make entirely too much and entirely not enough rather than a balanced understanding. The sons of God is a phrase, Benny Elohim. I'm going to Try to develop this a little bit. Bene Elohim is sons of God. Bene sons, Elohim, God. Here's another one, Psalm 82. God has taken his place in the divine council in the midst of the gods, the Elohim. He holds judgment. He's talking about judging the the gods. He says at the bottom, you are gods, all of you. Sons of the Most High. So Most High is Elyon. So that's Bene Elyon. He's taken his place in the divine council. God is a trinity, three in one. He is the only uncreated, true, everlasting, all-powerful, omniscient, omnipresent God. He has created a host of heavenly beings that are called the sons of God in a heavenly dimension, the Ben Elohim, the sons of God that have access to him, surround his throne, and when, those, when a, a, a faction of those rebelled and fell, they are what we know as false gods. But these are divine beings of real authority and real power that exist in a real dimension in the earth. And they're talking all the time. Because they know you're meant for receiving. They know it. So they're talking all the time. How many of you have ever gone to a Hollywood movie and you walked out because you thought, that isn't just wrong, that isn't just immoral, that's demonic. And you can see it increasing. There are are dozens and dozens, hundreds, thousands of biological portals who exist in the time-space continuum in Hollywood. And they are receiving all the time, revelation from this dimension. The heavens will praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness and the assembly of the holy ones. Who among the sons of the mighty is like the Lord, a God greatly feared in the council of. See, Scripture is unafraid to present a monotheistic picture of God above all other gods. So he is seated. He is attended to. He is served. It's why every uh, um, royal court on earth manifests that reality of the attendance around him. But he is greatly feared in that council. Nobody is thinking. Since Lucifer fell, nobody's thinking, I can do his job. Now, Jeremiah breaks this down to an interesting human dynamic. He says, "Who among the prophets has stood in the council of the Lord to see and hear his word?" He's talking, he's Jeremiah's chastising the false prophets. And he's saying these guys are talking and they're giving instruction, but have they stood in that council? See, part of the prophetic gift in the Old Testament was to give an all-access pass behind the veil. And so you will see language that you may be familiar with, but you haven't considered it before. Elijah and Elisha, when they stood before Ahab, Ahaz, Elijah stands before Ahab. He's standing before a human king. He's in that king's court. He looks at Ahab and he says, the Lord before whom I stand. No. Elijah, you're here standing before this king. Elijah says, no, I have access to the council. I'm standing before the Lord, and I'm an ambassador to your human court out of that court. So he's chastising them. Have they seen and heard his word? Have they paid attention to him? He says, I didn't send those prophets, but they ran. I didn't speak to them, but they prophesied. If they had stood in my counsel, they would have proclaimed my words. Interestingly, the New King James translates C-O-U-N-C-I-L as C-O-U-N-S-E-L. Because we're looking for heavenly counsel. We're looking for heavenly understanding. We're looking for heavenly revelation in in, in, in that sense of wisdom council c-o-u-n-s-e-l but the biblical understanding is it comes from the council it comes from the highest place the highest dimensions jude talks about this in the days of enoch many thousands of his holy ones i'm not going to spend time on that here's the great thing i'm giving away some of the fun of this that i normally save for the end because i got other stuff to talk about the new testament reverses the equation In the Old Testament, humans are the servants of God and angels are the sons of God, the Beni Elohim. In the New Testament, in Christ Jesus, you are sons of God. The New Testament reverses the theology. Angels are servants and humans are sons. The New Testament says through faith, we are all sons of God in Christ Jesus because he chose us before the foundations of the world. I could teach another time on, I believe this is part of the jealousy of Satan as he glimpsed this plan that we were chosen to be exalted to the place that he had access, the highest levels of access to the throne. Lucifer had the highest levels of access to the throne. He didn't actually get to sit on the throne. But he glimpsed before the foundations of the world because he was that close to God. You can't be that close and not get revelation because your eyes are right there. And I believe Lucifer glimpsed that we were predestined to, Not only to to get the access he had, which was proximity, but as a bride prepared for co-rulership with Christ, we actually are seated on the throne. And through the ecclesia, that's the word translated church in the New Testament, the manifold wisdom of God is made known to those false principalities and powers, the eternal purpose, that we have access. We have access and more than access... All those who are being led of the Spirit of God are sons of God. So if you are being led of the Spirit of God, you're a son, not only with access, but it says Christ has been raised into heavenly places and seated at the right hand of the Father. And a few verses later, it says, you also have been raised up and seated, seated, You don't just get close like Lucifer did. You have a place in Christ from the very throne of God, surrounded by His counsel. So glad you joined us for the Linda Field Show today. We know that you are busy and that your time is important. To help you accomplish more of the things that matter in work and life, Linda has created the Prayer Plan Your Life Productivity System. This valuable system guides you to minimize the noise that threatens your progress and make the highest and best use of your time. Come on over to lindafields.org/ppyl to order Prayer Plan Your Life Today. Get it done today. Make it matter tomorrow. See you over at lindafields.org/ppyl.